But Deuteronomy chapter 11, and I'm going to be jumping through parts of it, so just kind of hang with me. Uh, the first thing I'm going to read is the first three verses. And it says, uh, starting out in verse number one. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, I am in the right chapter. Okay, I'll get this started right. Here we go. Therefore, thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments alway. And know ye this day, for I speak not with your children, which have not known and which have not seen the chastisement of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his stretched out arm, and his miracles and his acts, which he did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and unto all his land. I'm going to go ahead and open up in a word of prayer, and then we'll get right into this. Uh, Lord, we just thank you so much for this evening. We thank you for an opportunity and the freedom to gather in your house here. I pray, dear Lord, that everything said tonight by me or by anybody else would honor and glorify you, Lord. I just pray that as we get into your word, that it wouldn't be me speaking, but it would be your word that would speak to the hearts of everyone here. I pray that you be with these young people as they're getting ready to present. Just calm their nerves and allow them to do uh, the best they can to your honor and glory. And we just pray and ask this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So when I was looking over this and I saw, and you know what, I'm going to just be a little outside the box here. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't do this. All right, here we go. I need a look at you guys. Oh, man. Once in, once in Master Clubs, I had to get Christy Culver to adjust that for me because I just wasn't physically strong enough, but she was able to handle it. Um, so I'm more comfortable here. All right, so when I was looking over this, the thing that stuck out to me is verse number two. In verse number two in this passage, it says, for I speak not with your children. And I was like, well, that's a weird thing to say. And, and I think, you know, I've read over this before, but it's never really stood out to me. Um, and, and so I started looking at it and I read the chapter and I think I reread the chapter and I started really examining it. And it said, you know, I speak not with your children, which have not known and which have not seen. Um, and the reality is, this is a concept that's taught all through the Bible. You know, it's, it's specifically to the parents. It's the parents' job to raise your children. I mean, that's, that's common sense. We know that. But it's the parents' job to teach your children. Um, and it's a wonderful blessing to have a program like Master Clubs and, and to have like the Suddens class and the Culver's class and our youth group and all those things to go alongside. But at the end of the day, it falls on the parents to train up their children the way they should go and nobody else. It's your responsibility. Um, and I know I'm not telling you anything new here, uh, but I'm hoping I can show you a few things from God's word tonight. So it goes on after that. And, and after clearly saying, you know, I speak not to your children um, who have not seen and do not know, basically. And it describes the way that God provided for them in Egypt. And it's talking about the escape from Egypt, uh, the Red Sea and how they walked over across on dry land. Um, and it talks about the provision in the wilderness. You know how they got manna from heaven and how they got water from a rock and they got all these things, all these wonderful things that God had provided for them. Um, but their children never saw these things. They saw them with their own eyes, but their children haven't. And it kind of occurred to me, you know, when I'm teaching my children about God's word, you know, I didn't see the Red Sea get parted. I didn't see that God provide manna in the wilderness. I haven't seen a lot of the miracles that are in God's word. But, you know, there's a lot of things that I've seen God do in my life. And it's my responsibility to share those things with my children. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's one thing to teach your kids about God, but it's a whole, it's a whole different thing to show them who God is. Um, and, and, I, and I know that we get, that's like a semantics thing, and I don't mean to get all like that. But what I'm trying to say is this. If God's not real to you, 
God's not going to be real to your children either. You know, we can say we're Christians all we want, but what are we actually teaching our children with our faith? Um, and, and so it, it was like this, and, and we see here in verse 7, it says, But your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord which he did. You know, and I already told you what the Israelites saw, and we can name miracle after miracle that God has done. Um, and what the Israelites saw, but you know, just as I haven't seen those miracles, I've watched God provide in ways that I couldn't imagine were possible. Um, I've seen God answer prayer requests really before I ever had a chance to pray them. Um, I, 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 with this, this whole thing, this going to Missouri, and I'm not going to get into all that with the stories, um, but all through this, every time something came up, and my wife and I would look at each other and be like, I don't know how this is going to work. And we prayed about it, and we asked God to take care of it. And we were just able to see prayer request after prayer request checked off on our list. And that's an amazing testimony to be able to sit before my kids and say, look at how God has provided for me. Look at how God has provided for you and your mother to show us along this. You know, we felt like God was calling us, and we didn't think it was possible. We didn't know how it was all going to work out, but God just kept answering our prayers. And it's not, you know, and I'm not one that's going to stand before you like some of these preachers and say that if you pray, you're going to be rich and you're going to have all these things. That's not true. But the reality is God will give you what you need when you need it. And my challenge to you in this is make sure that you share those blessings with your children. Um, and I'm not stopping here. We're going to keep going. Um, but like I said before, God needs to be real to you. And, and you know, if you don't have that, that relationship with Christ, um, and I'm not just talking about salvation. That's first and foremost. We have to know Jesus Christ as our Savior and that he died on the cross for our sins. And there is nothing more foundational than that. That's where everything begins, is that personal relationship with Christ. But after that, you know, there was a time in my Christian walk where I heard people talking about ways that God had answered their prayers. And I started thinking, you know, I, I don't know that I can name a prayer request that God's answered. And I realized I wasn't praying specific enough. You know, and I've heard pastors say it. We use the words like bless someone. Well, what, what does it mean to bless someone? Or maybe that was even Josh last week. I don't know. I've heard a lot of sermons with a lot of people saying a lot of things. But the reality is we need to be specific in what we ask God for. And God wants to answer specific prayer requests. And it may not always be in our timing. And it may not always be the way that we want it answered. And I think the nation of Israel saw this, that sometimes God's way was a little different than their way. But, you know, God's way is always perfect, and we need to share those blessings with our children. Um, we see in verses 8 through 12, which I'm not going to read all those for sake of time, because I told you I want to make sure we get to the kids, and those are their testimonies and their preaching. That's going to be the real blessing tonight. But God promises his blessing to people that will just simply keep his commandments. Verses 13 through 15 say this in regards to that. It says, And it shall come to pass... If ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, that I will give you the rain of your land in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil. And I will send grass in thy fields for thy cattle, that thou mayest eat and be full. Plain and simple, God just says this. He said, do what I've asked you to do, and I will take care of what you need. 
Um, and that's, that's still a simple truth to today. We a lot of times get caught up into what's going around us in the world and, and you know where people are today and where our current culture is and all these things. But at the end of the day, God's commandments are still God's commandments. And if we keep them and we follow them, God's going to provide for us. He's going to take care of us. And it may not be the life that you want it, but it'll be the life that God wanted for you. And God's life is always going to be better than whatever you can imagine for yourself. Um, but we can see how God will provide blessings in our lives if we keep his commandments. In verse 16 and 17, say just the opposite. It says, take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived, and ye turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you. And he shut up the heaven that there be no rain, and that the land yield not her fruit, unless ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. In other words, God lays it out plain and simple once again. He says, if you don't keep my commandments, I'm not going to bless you. Um, and and that's, that's, an easy, that's an easy thing to teach our children, I think, even in this verse, with our lives. We can show that when we're faithful to God, this is not just somebody who prays to God. This is someone who is faithful to God. This is someone that is following God's will. This is someone who is reading God's word, someone who is not worrying about what else is going on around them, but simply trusting that the Lord is going to provide for them. And that's whose life has been blessed. Verses 18 and 19, uh, 18 through 20 say this, and this is where I'm going to park again for a moment, if that's all right. But it says, therefore, shall ye lay up these my words in your heart, and in your soul, and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. And ye shall teach them, uh, your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt write them upon the doorpost of thine house, and upon thy gates. Um, you know, verse 18 says, teach them to your children. Once again, God doesn't say, I'm going to teach your children. He tells you to teach your children. You know, your children don't know God until you teach your children about God. Your children won't know God until you really show them who God is. And we have that blessing and that opportunity as a parent um, to teach our children about God's word. It says to talk to them. And when do we talk about them? It says, well, when you sit, when you walk, when you lie down, when you get up. I think we can kind of classify that as teach your children about God's word constantly. It doesn't narrow it down to one moment of time. It doesn't say just do a family devotion every night. It doesn't say just on Sunday mornings to ask them what they learned about in Sunday school. It says to talk to God, talk to your children about God's word constantly around the clock. In other words, it should be something that is so unnatural and unforced in your life. You should just, it should just come out of your mouth. Just as easy as it is for Mr. Culver to talk about the Florida Gators, it should be that simple for you to talk about God's word in your life. I love you, Mr. Culver. You know that. All right. Um, but it should be that easy for it to come out of your mouth. It shouldn't be a forced thing, but it should be all around us. You know, when we look at the nature around us, we should be able to reference God's beauty. When we see blessings going on, we should be able to re reference God. And, you know, I heard somebody say this. I believe... I'll speak to the children right here. I was your age. I know exactly who it was. It was Mr. Kelso, Don Kelso. He, was, he used to be the uh, teach in the cafeteria to kids your age. And I was in there, and I remember him saying, every time sirens go by, I say a quick prayer. 
He said, I don't know what's happening. I don't know where the sirens are going. I don't know, you know, if someone's in trouble or if it's just somebody trying to get through a red light. I don't know if he said that part. But he said, no matter where they're going, I stop and I say a quick prayer and say, Lord, be with that emergency worker. Be with that situation. Take care of it, Lord. You know it. And since that day, I mean, I can't say I've done it constantly, but to this day now I can tell you, when I hear sirens going by my house or when I hear sirens on the road behind, you know, wherever they are coming from, I say a quick prayer and I'm like, Lord, you know what's going on. Take care of it. Um, but that's just a natural reaction. And that's something I've tried to teach my kids. It should just be something that's inside of us. It's who we are. God is not like something we do. It is a personal relationship and it's got to be real. It can't be forced. It's got to be something that your kids see that you're passionate about. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know, you have to make God such a part of who they are that they will never forget it. They still have free will at the end of the day. They're going to do what they're going to do. And we can't control what they're going to do. We can't make them follow God, but we can teach them how to follow God. And that's our responsibility as parents. That's our responsibility uh, to our children. You know, they need to see that your relationship with Christ is real. You know, either way, no matter how you spend this life, you're going to train your children to do something. You are. You're either going to train them to follow God or you're going to train them not to follow God. And, and kids... Kids, we, they are way smarter than we give them credit for you. You know, they are, they see the real you. They know exactly who you are. They know if we're a hypocrite or if we're not. They know, you know, they, they, no matter how quiet I try to whisper something to my wife, like these little spidey senses go off inside of them and they know exactly what I'm saying. Like you can't sneak anything by a child. Like they know. And that's why it's that much more important as a parent that we are so diligent that to, to train them right. You know, but why do we do this? And we see that answer in verse number 21. It says, that your days may be multiplied and the days of your children and the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon earth, upon the earth. You know, and, and I think it's wonderful if my days get multiplied. That's awesome. But I love the next sentence, in the days of your children. You know, God doesn't only promise to bless you, he promises to bless your children. And I don't know a parent out there that loves their kids that doesn't want something better for their children than they want for themselves. And we have a blessing promise to our children if we'll just simply train them up in the way they should go. Teach them how to follow God's word. Um, and teach them to honestly live a Christian life where they have that personal relationship with Christ. It's not something you do, it's more about who you are. You know, this chapter goes on to explain, and I'm not going to read all these verses to you, but this is either a blessing or it's a curse. You know, we ultimately will either choose to follow Christ or we won't. You know, we have this knowledge, and Pastor said it this morning, you're accountable for what's said when you sit through a church service. You're accountable for what you read in God's Word. Um, you know, we are accountable to know what's in it. We've been given it, and in our country, man, we have more access to God's Word than anybody else on the face of the earth. Almost every home in America has a Bible. Some have probably 10, 11, 12 Bibles if they know where they all are. We have so much access to God's word and we're accountable for what's inside of it. And the blessing part is if you follow God and keep his commandments, we're going to receive blessings. And, you know, we look at people and we see the struggles they go through who are, face, or who are faithful to God. Their blessings may not come in this lifetime, but they're going to receive a blessing one day. 
when they stand before when they stand before the Savior. Um, but if we choose not to follow God's word and we choose not to teach God's words to our children, then that's a curse as well that we're passing on to our own children. We're basically setting them up for failure to not have that relationship. And you know, with master clubs, I realize that not everybody in master clubs is a parent. And I realize that not everybody sitting in this room is a parent, or maybe your children have moved on, um, they're out of the house, but we have an opportunity as a church to do something unique. And you know, I don't know the backstory of every child that comes in on a bus. I don't know the backstory of, any, uh, of a lot of them, but I do know this. Not every child is blessed with a parent that's teaching them to follow God's word. And we don't get all day long to teach them, but we get a couple hours every week. We get master clubs and we get Sunday school and we get, um, you know, the Sunday morning service with the Suddens or with the Culvers or, you know, with the youth group, with the Hendersons. And that's not enough to compensate for what goes on in the home. But if we love these kids and we show them that there's another way, there's still an opportunity that God's going to use them. There's a lot of men and women today serving the Lord because somebody knocked on their door and invited them to a children's program somewhere and told them that Jesus Christ loves them. And, you know, it doesn't always change everything that goes on in their home, but it has an opportunity to change one day what will go on their home when they're a parent. And we can impact the generation after them. And that's really what Master Clubs is all about. There are, they are a wonderful group of kids. We love these kids more than anything. Um, and I hope that if you're not involved in these programs, if you're not involved in the bus ministry, if you're not involved, at the very least, maybe you're at a point that you can't pray for this ministry, pray for these young people. And when you see parents or you think of me or my wife, pray for us, you know, pray for all of us that are parents. It's a tough job raising kids. You guys know that. And you have, you bear this responsibility of knowing you got to mold them and shape them into what they need to be. But my challenge for you tonight, if you have kids, Raise them according to God's word. Don't do it according to anybody else. And with master clubs, just keep doing what you're doing. This is it's a wonderful program designed to teach these kids to serve the Lord.